Adultery, divorce are two ugly sins. But God can save a murderer. He can save an adulterer. Sin is sin. And God today here is to tell you that he wants you to make sure that divorce is not your real purpose. That you want to forgive. That you want to put the marriage back again together. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We're glad you've taken time to join us today for our continuing study of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Today, Raul will outline the stark contrast between God's call to marital purity and the lies fed to us from the world about marriage and intimacy. As Raul takes us verse by verse in our passage today, we'll see that God offers us grace to follow His commands for fidelity, marriage, and divorce. Let's listen as Raul Reese begins today's lesson, The Law of Divorce. The book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 31 to 32. This is a topic that uh, not only has created controversy today in the 21st century, it is the subject of divorce. And one of the things about what's going on in the world today is that we're losing the fear of God. Let me read you some stats here. In 1970, there were 1,046,000 people unmarried adults sharing and living quarters together, which means living together in the days of the hippies. And then he says this, which is really interesting. In 1953, he says... That there was, by the age of 21 years old, 23% of the female population had lost her virginity. And then in 1977, the figures was more than 1,900,000. And figures are today are beyond our imagination. It is the world, the church, and the corporate society, and many, many more that are not only looking to divorce. Think of all the people today that are divorced. And that's not to condemn anybody that's divorced here. And sometimes when you talk to people, they get offended because you're trying to talk the truth to them. But yet we go back to the Old Testament and we come to the grace of God. The Old Testament is law when Moses received the Ten Commandments. But before Moses received the Ten Commandments, we go back to the book of Genesis. This is the establishment of marriage with Adam and Eve. And it's incredible that when you look at Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 to the end of the chapter, we dealt with that, uh, that God made male and female. Today we have a real problem that 2% of the homosexual community They believe and they trust that what they're doing is right, even homosexual pastors, male and female, marrying those that are not married by churches that really believe the Bible. It's important that we understand that we don't condemn anybody that's a homosexual or a lesbian, a fornicator, a liar, whatever sin they commit. We judge the sin, not the person. We have to understand that the Bible says that we can't change the word of God. God has said it and God has placed it in his word. Now the problem today is that the church, 
not the world, the church is becoming disobedient to the word of God. Again, we know that the scripture says this. Let me read it again in chapter 5, verses 31 to 32. Furthermore, it has been said that whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say unto you, that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. Now, first thing we have to understand is that when you come to Jesus Christ, all things become brand new. Paul the Apostle in 2 Corinthians 5.17 said, Therefore, if any man is in Christ Jesus, all things are passed away. Behold, all things become brand new. What happens when you become a Christian? You divorce your wife. A lot of times I have found out in doing marriage counseling that that separation or that divorce came already as the husband and wife already were committing adultery when they were at the gym, when they were at wherever they play, wherever they go at work. And the reason is because they started building a relationship with someone else because they didn't have a relationship with their husband or their wife. There was somebody else that would listen to you, somebody else that would communicate to you. It starts out as a communication and it ends up in a relationship. And maybe there are some of you here today. And some listen to the radio and watch into the internet. What's happened is that we don't honor God's word any longer. And yet, it's not the unpardonable sin. Because if somebody has divorced and gets remarried, there has to be true repentance. Knowing that I did what was wrong and now I'm married to this person. But when you go two, three, four, five times, something is wrong. There's no fear of God. And I'm not condemning any one of you. I just read my Bible, and my Bible says what it says. It's God's word. Let's go back and see in verse 31, the law concerning this divorce. Furthermore, it has been said that whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. So the law against divorce was given by who? Given by God. This law in the Old Testament that was given by Moses, it says because of the hardness of your heart. But God never, never meant for divorce. Notice that. Never, never meant for divorce to be. And then he says that the law was given for the protection of the family unit. For the family unit. When there's a divorce, the family unit's broken up. So before anybody in the Christian church would ever think of divorce, think of the whole family, think of your friends, and think, first of all, what God says in His Word. So you can know exactly what God says to you. God gave, notice, the law, not only to punish the person or persons involved in the sin of adultery in the Old Testament. Very, very heavy law. If anyone was caught in adultery, they would be taken down to the city gate. A document would be signed. They would take them outside of the city, put them against the wall of the city, and they would take up stones and stone them to death. Death was the penalty. Today, because of the grace of God, there's no death. But sin 
messes up not only the family, but you're missing the mark. And if you don't really repent, not only will you do it once, you'll do it twice, three times, four times, and I know people five times remarried. I think by the time you get to the third marriage, you would think it's my, probably my problem. I'm probably the one at fault. It's really sad, but this happens. So the first thing that happens, it was to protect the family. Protecting the family. In Mark 10, 6, he says, Jesus. But from the beginning of the creation made male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be glued to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has glued together, let no man separate. Divorce. Notice what he says. Going back to the Old Testament again. Ephesians 5.31. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be glued to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. Secondly. It was to protect the land and nation, preventing the nation from desecration. Proverbs eleven eleven says, By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. So God's protection, not only for the people in the city. Matthew 19, listen, it was to prevent a person from becoming an adulterer. Again, he's going back to the Old Testament. Jesus said, Now it came to pass... When Jesus had finished these saints, that he departed from Galilee and came to the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. And great multitudes were following him, and he healed them there. And then the Pharisees also came to him, testing him and saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? Here's the question, for any reason. He answered and said to them, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning male and female said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be glued to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let no man separate. Then he said to him, Why then did Moses commanded to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? Then he said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted, notice, permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning was not so. Beginning, Genesis chapter 2, before the law was ever given. Moses was given the Ten Commandments. And because of the hardness of their hearts, divorce was allowed. But this has never been God's purpose. Never. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We're glad to have Raul here in the studio with us today to talk just a little bit about the Sermon on the Mount and his brand new book on the subject, Sermon of Sermons, that we've been highlighting. Raul, if you were to describe the Sermon on the Mount to someone that's totally unfamiliar with the Bible, what would you say about it? When you look at the three chapters that he's talking about, it's the Christian life. Mm. If you didn't have the Sermon on the Mount, what could you do? He brings in the Old Testament with the New Testament to show law and grace. For me, it's been a real blessing, especially when I got to chapter 7, where he says, Call me Lord, and you know, Master, and all these things. And he said, You know, I never knew you. And I think that people, when they read this sermon, it's going to bring conviction to them. 
So they can really not only read it, but sit back and look at it and then say, okay, Lord, how do I feed on this? Is there one particular life lesson that you see in the Sermon on the Mount that stands out, or is it really the whole thing that applies to you? The whole thing. Because you can't just like one. If the whole thing is the most perfect thing for a Christian in order to convict themselves before God and to grow in Christ. Well, we've talked a lot about the book, Sermon of Sermons. What is your goal for those who read this book about the Sermon on the Mount? Well, I expect anyone to read it to be convicted, but at the same time to grow. Uh, it could be a teenager. It's real simple. A teenager and then a grown-up, of course. But I hope that when they read it, Something happens. It's not a book. It's something that will minister to their hearts. Well, thank you, Raul. We are excited about the book's release and have no doubt that people will be spiritually blessed and will grow in their faith, as you said. Remember, to get more information and to order, just visit somebodylovesyou.com. Now let's return to more of today's lesson taken from the Sermon on the Mount. He goes on. He says in verse 9, And it shall say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except from sexual immorality, marries another, commits adultery, and whoever marries her, who is divorced, commits adultery. Paul the Apostle says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, at the end of the chapter, that if a Christian woman, a Christian man, has a husband or wife, and they die, one of the partners dies. He says, you're welcome to remarry, but only in the Lord. Only in the Lord. Read it. Only in the Lord. That's the New Testament. It is so important for people to truly repent. It's not the unpardonable sin. If you truly repent, and maybe you're remarried, I would pray that you don't get divorced again after you repented. Otherwise, it's not true repentance. Like going back to your sin. So for me, reading the Word of God, not only learning... But coming to a place in my life that I have to really pay attention to what the Word of God says, especially when people come to counsel with me. Even in Calvary Chapel and other churches, think of all the pastors that have fallen into adultery, ruined their ministry, ruined their marriage, ruined the anointing of God that's put upon them. And then you think of these young kids in college, high school, that are being taught that homosexuality, it's okay, lesbianism, it's okay. Something is wrong. Our kids are being brainwashed by the devil himself. And the greatest example is in the church. If you as a mother and father, husband and wife, living in your home, and you're not loving your wife or you're not loving your husband, then somebody else will come into their lives. Because you don't communicate, they'll communicate with them. And they'll end up in a relationship that will cost your marriage. That's why to me it's important to inform you. I'm not here to condemn any. I'm not God. God is the one that judges. But God has given me the responsibility to speak truth, not to compromise with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is not a gospel to feel good. It is a gospel to convict. To bring us to our knees in true repentance. And going back to the Old Testament, for the, it was to deny those making a false claim. Deuteronomy 22.13 says... If any man takes a wife and goes into her sexually and detests her and charges her with shameful conduct and brings a bad name on her and says, I took this woman to be my wife, notice, and I came into her and found out that she's not a virgin. Then 
The father and the mother of that young woman shall take and bring out the evidence of the young woman's virginity to the elders of the city of the gate. They had the sheet, you see, of being a virgin and bring it on my, my daughter was a virgin. And check this out. And the young woman's father shall say to the elders, I gave my daughter to this man as wife. He detests her. Now he has charged her with shameful conduct, saying, I find your daughter was not a virgin, and yet these are the evidence of my daughter's virginity. And they shall spread the clothes before the elders of the city. Then the elders of that city shall take that man and punish him. And they shall find him 100 shekels of silver and give them to the father and the young woman because he had brought a bad name on a virgin of Israel and she shall be his wife and he can never divorce her all the days of his life. Wow. Pretty heavy. And so when we read the scriptures, how do we take the scriptures? Do we compromise or do we obey? Look at secondly, very quickly here, the meaning of divorce in marriage. Verse 32, the first part. But I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. So divorce touches husband, wife, children, parents, friends, employers, employees. Secondly, divorce also affects the mind, the spiritual behavior, joy, security, hope, plans, peace, faith. Emotions, love, control, purpose, possessions, and even estates. In a divorce, something is very, very dirty. Two enemies against each other. No peace. Divorce also changes a person's life. Personal life, private life, home life, parental life, recreational life, social life, and dream life. It destroys it. And then divorce is one of the most traumatic experiences in human life for the husband, for the wife, and the children. The children in the family. It is traumatic. I talk to so many young people. That God not only wants mom and dad to stay together and not to be separated or to be divorced. Now, concerning a husband being an abuser, alcoholic, or whatever it is, or the wife, there's abuse in the home, physical, verbal, whatever it is. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, that you can have the liberty to separate. To separate for a little while. To see if the marriage is going to what is going to work. And as you separate as husband and wife, what do you do? You pray and you fast. And if you have a believing husband... Or non-believing husband, all of a sudden, you have an urgency to come together sexually. He says, well, you don't deny it. You come back so both of them don't commit adultery. Many times because of the woman's anger against her husband, she doesn't want to be touched sexually. In the same way with the other side. And God says, if you truly are a child of God, where is forgiveness? You're only allowing Satan to tempt your husband, to tempt your wife, because there's always somebody out there that wants your wife or wants your husband. And the first person, Satan. So important. There are three attitudes in marriage. Number one, the backdoor marriage. What does that mean? If it works, cool. If it doesn't, too bad. And then secondly, the cheap, sensual marriage. This is based upon some reason... 
other than love for each other, such an attractiveness or sex or finances or another person in the marriage. Thirdly, the adventuresome marriage. A marriage that is entered like an adventure, not biblically. Fourthly, the marriage of true commitment, the marriage ordained by God, where the husband and the wife love each other and forgive each other. And God is number one in their lives. So God is speaking to my own heart as I hope he's speaking to your own heart. How about First Peter chapter 3, 1? Wives, first wives. Likewise, be submissive to your own husband, even us, that even as some do not obey the word of God, that they without a word, which means you don't nag them, write tracks in their sandwiches and put them in there when they eat them, they got this track. He says, when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied with fear. So what does he say? When they look at you and they see that you're a real wife to your husband, then he goes on. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging with the hair, wearing of gold and putting on, notice, fine dressing. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart. With incorruptible beauty and a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Look at For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves. Being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid of any terror. Now watch this. One verse to husbands. I love it. Likewise, husbands, likewise, dwell with your wives with understanding. And what's the one thing husbands do? They don't understand the wives. Because we don't want to understand them. He says, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. Who's a strong vessel? The husband. And as being heirs together of the grace of life, check this out, that your prayers would not be hindered. If you don't take care and love your wife, your prayers are going nowhere. So according to Jesus, the only way for divorce for the Christian is to what? Sexual immorality. And I know there's people here. That have been divorced, remarried. You look at your life, examine your life this morning, and if you truly haven't repented, repent in your heart and don't get another divorce. Work out your marriage. Work out your marriage between you and God and your husband so that God can honor your marriage. Lastly, third point the results of divorce. Notice 2 Corinthians 6 14 again do not be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Satan? Or what part of a believer with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. And God has said, I will dwell in them. I will walk among them. I will be their God. And they shall be my people. Check this out. Verse 17. Therefore, come out from among them. And be you separate, saith the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you. You shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Not only for single people, but also married people and business people. Be careful what you do. Be you separate, saith the Lord. Adultery, divorce are two ugly sins. 
But God can save a murderer. He can save an adulterer. Sin is sin. And God today here is to tell you that he wants not only to love you. He wants to forgive you. But he wants you to make sure that divorce is not your real purpose. That you want to forgive. That you want to put the marriage back again together. Well, if you've been feeling convicted by today's teaching, we encourage you to repent and seek God's help in your marriage. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Today's lesson is available in its full form for a donation of $5 or more. To get that, simply call 800-634-9165 and ask for the lesson, The Law of Divorce. We'd also like to tell you more about Raul's new book, Sermon of Sermons. It's a resource that provides a wealth of insight into the Lord's desire to walk in relationship with you as you commit to obeying His Word. You'll see that in every decision you make in your daily life, you can glorify God. Rawls' new book is now available at a pre-order limited-time discount. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 and we'll send your copy of Sermon of Sermons for just $12 plus shipping and handling. Once again, that phone number is 800-634-9165. Or you can order by writing us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. All of these teaching programs are made possible because of your prayers and tangible support. Thanks for partnering with us. Your donations are a great blessing to us, and every gift you give is tax-deductible. Be sure and catch the next Somebody Loves You Radio as Raul Reese dives deeper into the riches of God's Word so that we can be more faithful in following the Lord Jesus. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.